0: Let's Second uh, Timothy, because I got about two hours of teaching. We're going to do this. no, no. Second Timothy, chapter one, verse twelve through fourteen. The Apostle Paul, and you have to, you have to know that he was an apostle foreordained of God. We'll go into all that a little later. He said, "I know." Everybody said, "I know." say, say it again. I know. "I know." Paul said, "I know whom." I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. He instructs Timothy then. He said, hold fast. Everybody say, hold fast. I mean, this is like death grip. Hold fast. The pattern of sound words. It's healthy teaching. Sound doctrine. Death grip. Hold on to that with which you, have, which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. For that last verse, that good thing which was committed to you, the New Living Translation says, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. All of that said, uh, the last three years, I think, We um, put Wednesday night teaching under the banner. Does anybody remember? Real life, real life. life. And I feel directed of the Lord, uh, at least for this year. Um, We're going to put it all under another banner. We're going to call it this, Believe. Believe. Everybody say, Believe. Believe. And um, this is going to be important. Tonight, I'm going to set it up, um, give some introduction. Um, Of course, I'll be teaching the bulk of that, but you do understand um, you know, how many of you know we've got a great, a great bench? We've got a great, a great team. And during December, I'll tell you what, some of our guys really shine. But um, all of us are going to be committed this year on Wednesday, on Wednesday evenings to be teaching under this. And so here's kind of the introduction for this. We, uh, we're calling it Believe, and I want to go ahead and get this up here and get it in front of front of our eyes here. Believe. Just say it again. Believe. I before E acceptors Okay, good. Right. Um, we are believers. believers, but that brings up a whole nother issue. What is it that we believe? Why do we believe fill in the blank? Why? Here's, here's another big question. Can you, can you articulate, can you clearly say, state what you believe? If someone were to ask you, hey, what about heaven or what about this or what about that or what about... I'm, I mean, we can go through it and we're going to. What about that? Can, can you articulate what you believe? You know what I've seen a lot of over the years is people who can't, and then they just, well, I I just, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. But we can't articulate it. And we're going to see how that cuts off all bridges of what God desired and intended by bringing something to us that we ended up believing. First Peter 3.15 in the New International Version says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Say that with me. Always be prepared to answer everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. First of all, notice that your hope was obvious. Must be a real deal. They want to know why. Because the world's kind of cruddy, it's kind of dark out there, and you, you got hope. It's obvious. Believers, hope should be obvious. But then you have to have a reason. Well, I don't know. It just, God loves me more than you. <laughs> Hogwash. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Now, always be prepared to give an answer. In the Greek, it's also reason The New Living Translation brings out, always ready to explain it. So, this is where our Christianity has to go to another level. Hear me on this, sweethearts. Your Christianity is not just for you. Hello? It's not just for you, it's you are to go and bear fruit. What he? I don't believe God ever does one thing for only one purpose. God may do something for you totally by yourself. He may answer a, a, a prayer. He may meet a need. He may rescue you. He may do some miracle for you. God's done a, a number of wonderful things in my life. I was all by myself. But you know what? It wasn't just for me. What he did in me then is to be shared with others. Or the faith or the joy or the confidence or the blessing or whatever that came out of that goes on and on and on and on. Amen. God sets something in motion and it keeps on going. Amen. He said, so, so, shall my word, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. And, it, and, and the way that's structured, it, it just keeps going. When he said light be, it just it continues. It just continues, and even in our universe, and we can't keep up with it. All guys make up numbers all the time. Oh, we found a new planet, and it's 41, three bazillion, cotillion miles away. And you measured that with your cotillionator? Or, you know, it's like, how, how how'd you do that? And I understand it's estimates. I'm being a little goofy there. Always be prepared to give an answer for the hope. And the, the Greek word for hope there means faith and confidence. What is that? That's what you believe. It's what you believe. Um, in some of my reading, I, read a, I ran across this a couple of months ago, knowing that I was coming into this series in this year. I wanted to use this at the beginning. Uh, this is a pastor who writes this. He said, I once met a woman who claimed to be a communist. So I started asking her to explain why she thought communism was the way to go. She grew flustered and defensive, but wasn't able to answer my questions. Or support her view. It turned out she didn't know even the basics of Marxism. I concluded she wasn't much of a communist. If she was one at all. I thought how sad to declare belief in a system. But then reveal such ignorance of it. Then it hit me. That countless Christians are similar. Claiming to believe something we know little about. Wouldn't it make others wonder. If we're really Christians or even make them question the validity of Christianity itself. So here's what God's wanting to do. He's wanting to raise up some people who like Paul, I know, I know whom I believe. I know what I believe. And when you know, you don't have to argue. When you know, you don't have to get defensive, you know. When you know it gets settled in you and it produces hope and it produces joy and it produces confidence in you. And I believe there's a whole lot of people running under a whole lot of different titles and names out in the world. And I don't even think they fully know what, what it stands for. It's just kind of chic. It's just kind of in. Well, three of my buddies were, were this. And, and it is time. And you listen to me. It is time that the children of God know their God. But they also know what God thinks, what God says, what God wants. And ultimately that's going to come under this under this heading here, believe. Everybody say believe. believe. In Matthew chapter twenty two, verse thirty-seven, Jesus said, so you better listen. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your help me heart, with all your And with all your, your mind, you're to love God with all, but hear this, you're also to love God with your mind. We don't need to be, see that, and we'll talk more and more about this. This is a brand of believing that is not just heart. It's also head. You got to have both and you better have it in your heart. You'd better have it in your heart. I, I've run across people before who have, have a whole lot in their head, but not a lot in their heart. I've also run across some people who have a whole lot in their heart. I'm trying to find a better way to say it. You beat me to it. It's on you now. So, um, And it's heart and head. It's heart and head. If we're really going to have the walk and fruitfulness that that God wants for us. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. That we should be. Go ahead and say that's me. me." That we should. We should no longer be children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of. Of deceitful plotting. First of all. We're no longer to be children. Which means. What he's saying is. We're to mature. We're to grow. How many of you know that you can. You can fool children on some things that you can't fool. Most adults. (laughs) On. You know when my sister was little. I can't do it to her now. When I was little. I could trade her two pennies. For a dime. Because that dime is thinner, smaller. You don't want that. And so I could, I'd make eight cents. (laughs) She hates me now, but it was, no, no, she doesn't. She doesn't. But I could pull that on her. Couldn't pull it on her now. And so we have to grow up, we have to mature, we have to learn. Notice it said that if you don't, you'll be tossed to and fro, tossed to and fro. By what? By the wind of doctrine. By the wind of doctrine. Did you know that doctrine packs wind? What is doctrine? Doctrine is, is teaching. It's, it's what we believe about something. So what, is your, what would your doctrine be on heaven and hell? What would your doctrine be on um, how many ways are there to get saved? Incidentally, there's one, only one name, Jesus, okay? So that's our doctrine. Well, what's your doctrine on baptism? You know, do you baptize babies? No, we dedicate babies. We baptize people. Well, I got baptized one other time, but then I went and was a pirate for three years. I'm repenting, coming back to the Lord. Um, Can I be baptized again? Our doctrine says yes, because Acts says repent and be baptized. And so... um, and it doesn't give you a, a limit. So what I'm doing is just tapping into a couple of things. You have doctrine and what you believe. Well, every doctrine packs some wind, okay? It's powerful. It'll change your life. And we're going to explore doctrine. And what do we believe and why do we believe it? And how, how can you then embrace it, apply it, share it? And so we've got to look at doctrine. But doctrine, it said you've got to grow up, mature, so that you're not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. You get the picture of that? It's like you're out on the sea, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And then, it, and, and here's two aspects of that. First of all would be a, a wrong doctrine. Something that would ultimately you would believe but it would hurt you. And there is, how many of you know there's some wrong doctrine out there? Oh, Jesus help us. There's some crazy wrong doctrine out there. And some of it is so people, and in the context of this verse, cunning craftiness, men lying in wait to deceive. It's so people can get something from you. So so people can manipulate you. So people can feel better about themselves or, or, or you know, what, whatever that they're about. Okay. And so there's that. And you've got to grow up. You've got to mature. And we're going to do that by loving the Lord our God with, also with our mind. Then we'll grow up in that. So doctrine, so that we can... We can sort that out and will not be tossed to and fro with sneaky wrong doctrine. The other aspect of doctrine is this. You can take a a truth of doctrine and you can run it into the ditch, so to speak. You can take it to an extreme and all extremes lead to error. So do we believe that God would bless you and provide for you? Do we believe that God's going to make everybody that comes to church a millionaire? No. 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 (laughs) We'll talk. I love you. No, we don't believe that. We don't. Um, Do we believe that there are demons? Do we believe that if a light bulb blows out at your house, that was a demon? No. No. Everything that goes wrong, that's a demon. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, I've read before that some people are, are, are so uh, careless with their life, they don't even need the devil. <laughs> so, doctrine, not only write doctrine, but then keep that doctrine balanced so that you don't take it to an extreme. And so how are we going to find balance? Get it in the light. Get it in the word. And the word, you interpret the word by the word. And it will, it will show you balance. Any, any area of doctrine that's been taken to an extreme, you can find in the word where they're leaving out this part of it that threw it out of balance. Did y'all see that? Out of balance right here on the edge. All right. If we don't know what we believe. Here's several things. If we don't know what we believe. First of all. We won't apply it. We won't apply it. Did you know that application is the point? Application is the proof of learning. If if you hear and don't do. The Bible says. You deceive yourself. In in James chapter 1. If you hear but you don't do. You deceive yourself. And if you hear and you don't do. That's like the guy who built his house upon the sand and so the scripture tells us you've got to both hear and do but if you don't know what you believe if you don't and part of knowing is what understanding how many of you took algebra all right i just got asked this how many of you were good at it how many of you were like me I'm thankful for the ones of you that were good at it. I always ended up sitting close to one of y'all. I had best friend. So, but here's, here's the thing. If I, if I knew algebra and was able to articulate it and explain it to somebody, it's because I would have had understanding. I got all the information, but I never made it to knowledge because I didn't get the understanding. So you can come to church, you can have all kinds of books and Bibles, you can watch stuff, listen to stuff, get a Jesus bumper sticker on your car. But if you don't get some understanding, you can have the information, but you're never going to come to knowledge. And if you don't know it, then you can't apply it. And if you don't apply it, then you're never going to be blessed or helped by it. So we've got to know what we believe. Secondly, if you don't know what we believe, you can't defend your faith. And hear me on this. More than ever, in our world and in our culture, you're going to be, you're going to need to be able to defend your faith. I know people that are able to do that. I'm thankful for people. I just watched a couple of short video clips the other day of Ravi Zacharias. Does anybody know who Ravi Zacharias is? Thank you, Jesus, for a Ravi Zacharias. Do you think all his belief is just in his heart? It is in his head. Amen. And he goes and he'll debate with atheists. And silence them. And we're talking triple PhD atheists. That spend all their time trying to rip faith out of students. And they'll set up these settings on college and university campuses. And different, different forums. And they'll debate. Doesn't even have to raise his voice. It's just systematic thought. And the power that's inherent in God's word. And you bring that to bear. Darkness always gives way to light. And these guys are the, talking smooth till Robbie showed up. <laughs> Pastor A.R. Bernard, who's very important in our life and in, and in this church. I know of several settings and situations where. You know, I just shared, well, here's the truth of the word of God and able to articulate it in systematic thought and you, you silence people. You're going to need to be able to defend your faith and you don't do that with rocks and sticks. You do it with the most powerful thing ever, the thing that created everything to start with, Amen. words, words coming from a right heart and an informed mind. Are you all with me? If you don't know what you believe, You'll be subject to wrong beliefs. You'll be subject to wrong beliefs. You've got to know. And you know what? You'll get to a place and hopefully you're getting to that place or at that place where you'll hear something then out in, quote, Christianity, Christian television or something. You'll hear something and something in your spirit and in your mind. "Wait, Wait, Wait a minute. That. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And then the better you get with that, you'll know why. Because, hey, no, no, because God said this and God said that and God said that. And so if you said that, you're missing a wheel. And that wagon won't pull. And so we'll get good at that and being able to not fall for wrong beliefs. The other thing related to that too, and please be careful of this, is cherry picking verses out of the word of God out of context. I really love this verse. That would be a great promise for me. You know, because he said, be with me wherever I go. He's going to. So if I rob this bank today, God is on my side. Who can be against me? How many of you know that's confused? Okay. And so, and you can't, you can't cherry pick. You've got, you've got to get the, get it in context. And we'll learn more and more how to do that as well. Further, if you don't know what you believe, you can't effectively share your faith. You can't effectively share your faith. So you've got an opportunity to share with somebody. I'm going to wrap this up in just, just a couple minutes here. You're trying to share with somebody and, and God has set up an opportunity for you to lead them to him. And you, you can't share your faith. And you've got to be able to do that. And when you know it, though, it's easy. When you know it, you don't have to get a little cue card, you know, because you'll know then two plus two is four. And if I forget that it's four, I still, because I know how it works, it's four. You with, you with me on that? And so we'll be able to share our faith effectively when we know what we believe. And then, I'm glad this is going to be a year-long series. <laughs> if we don't know what we believe, and this is huge, we will not be able to pass our faith on to our children, to the next generation. It only takes one generation of ignorance for a truth to die. Did you hear that? Well, it's not going to happen on our watch. One generation lives it, knows it, loves it. If they do not effectively, please hear this. If, they, if one generation knows it, loves it, lives it, if they do not effectively share that with the next generation, the next generation only remembers it. And then if somebody in that generation does not get revived to that truth that was known and loved and lived, then the next generation will reject it. So what we've got to do, wherever we're at in that continuum, wherever we're at in that, we've got to know it. Amen. Say know it. Know. We've got to know it. We've got to love it. We've got to live it. And I'm not just talking about, well, Grandma always said, God bless Grandma. Grandma. Okay, but sometimes grandma may have even had some doctrinal things that were, dare I say it, off. How dare you talk about my grandma? I'm not talking about your grandma. I'm trying to help us along the way here. But wherever we are in this continuum, if you know it, love it, live it. We have to be able to now effectively share it with the next generation. That's one of the reasons why we have a huge commitment. To our next generation ministries. Huge. We're going to call on you to do some things this year. To help us. To make sure. That we're able to effectively. Effectively. Share the truths of this. But it's not only the church's responsibility. It is your responsibility at your address. To live it. Love it. And know it. Right in front of your kids. You got to. And your grandkids. And the neighbor kids. Are are you following me? And because, and, and maybe you're, you're in this spot where I just remember it. Well, you know what? We pray that you get revived to the real truth and you come to know it and love it and live it. Because the danger is this. There's a huge drop off. And we're watching it happen in our culture. Because a lot of American Christianity did not effectively share it with the next generation. And so it's just remembered. And now we come down and we even have, we're into a third generation now, even rejecting, rejecting the faith of their grandparents. So we got a job to do. So you know your way here on a Wednesday night. We have it on video that you are here on a Wednesday night. Okay. And we're going to plow this year and we're going to dive in. Now, please hear me. Um, you're not going to get a regurgitation of what I'm learning. I'm in, I'm in a doctoral program, not, not doing that. It's, I'm sure some of that will come in. But this is stuff that we have to know. And we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it in, a, in an engaging, enjoyable, Amen. growing, understandable, digestible way. Amen. We may throw a few big words at you along the way. But I, I think Pastor Jordan, I heard Pastor Jordan on staff say this. You know a whole nother language already. I'll have a venti frappuccino, a half pump. Uh, I mean, you, you know a lot of big words. And so we'll throw some things at you so that you understand. We're going to study doctrine. We're going to study systematic theology so that we get this, so that we know what we believe. And when you know what you believe, you understand it. And the scripture says that what you understand cannot be taken away from you. And then all the results that we, that we shared on that. Y'all, y'all up for this? Yes. And, and you know what? We're going to start. We're going to make some push. We're going to make some push on Wednesday nights. So that Sunday people know about Wednesday night. Invite your pals, okay? Um, it's illegal in football to horse collar people. But it's legal in church, okay? So, so, oh, by the way, how about that game the other night, huh? Did I say something or what? Okay. Uh, That was totally the wrong time to bring it up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Did you get anything at all out of tonight? Thank you, Lord.